Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast. Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I'm Sam Roberts. This is a podcast where I talk about wrestling. If you can hear any noise in the background, it's because the window's open. It's a little warm in the apartment today, so the window's open. So there might be some cars that are driving back and forth. This is not the WWE Network, okay? This is Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. That's a totally different deal. A lot to talk about today on this here podcast. Now, of course... I will get into, in the state of wrestling, everything that's been going on, uh, on on Raw, everything that went on between Chris Jericho and John Cena in that interview that was ta- uh, recorded live for the network. I think this is an important pod. This is. This isn't an important podcast. I think this is, a, this is an important podcast because it's kind of the first week removed from WrestleMania. It's not the Raw after WrestleMania. It's like, okay, all the storylines that were put into place at WrestleMania are starting to unfold now. And now that WrestleMania season is over, I will try to get into stuff that, uh, try to watch more TNA and Lucha Underground and stuff like that and get into that stuff as well. Now that we're kind of getting out of the WrestleMania bubble. However, still a lot going on with WWE and I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of where we're at as we uh, get steadily and steadily more removed from WrestleMania. So we'll talk about that in the in the state of wrestling. But for today's interview, I thought it was very appropriate that we talk to somebody who will relate entirely with what is going to be, I think, a big topic this week on the state of wrestling, and that is the retirement of A.J. Lee. A.J. has retired from... Active in-ring WWE competition. She is no longer in the WWE. I'm not terribly surprised by it. I'll talk about all that as the podcast goes on. But I'm not at all afraid about where the Divas division is going. And that is because not only the way the Divas division has evolved in WWE, and I got some heat on that, uh, heat from saying that on Twitter, which I'll, I'll, I'll address, uh, not only because of the way the Divas division has evolved currently, but because of what's on tap in NXT. We talked about this a little bit, Katie and I, when we talked about our experience watching the NXT show live in uh, San Jose during WrestleMania week. Uh, but the stuff that's going on over there, their women's division is incredible and it is revolutionizing pro wrestling. It's revolutionizing sports entertainment. It's revolutionizing whatever it is that you want to call it that you watch every Monday and Thursday. It's a revolutionary thing that's happening over there. And a lot of that is because of Charlotte. Charlotte 
is my guest this week on the podcast. Dipping back into the WrestleMania well, Katie Linendahl and I were out in San Jose. Uh, we were out at WrestleMania, and we got the opportunity to talk to a whole bunch of different superstars, and one of those superstars was Charlotte. Charlotte is uh, one of the premier women in NXT. Once the developmental territory of the WWE, now its own brand, quite frankly. You look at the stars that are coming out of NXT. You look, I mean, we could talk uh, once we get into the state of wrestling about what Adrian Neville has been doing on Raw in two weeks, the impact that he's made, uh, what's coming, what's intriguing. You talk about what's intriguing in pro wrestling right now, and you're talking about NXT. In my opinion, the best wrestling brand on television right now, NXT, and it's on the WWE Network. Charlotte is, of course, the daughter of Ric Flair, former NXT Women's Champion. She's now feuding over that title with Sasha Banks, and Katie Linendahl and I got a chance to sit down and talk to Charlotte at WrestleMania. Here's how that interview went down. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast Interview. Sam Roberts, of course, and Katie Linendahl at WrestleMania, Access, Radio Row. And joining us right now is Charlotte from NXT. Charlotte, what's the haps? Woo! Sorry, I had two words. Yes! I'm so excited. I can't, I mean, it's awesome. You're excited. Katie Linendahl literally just told me 10 minutes ago while we were on break that uh, she just met you in the bathroom. And she was yeah. super psyched about it. It's so awkward, man. You know, she's in the bathroom getting her, like, two minutes of peace. Everybody, the guy asked, he actually asked her if he could follow her into the bathroom. And then I was like, poor girl just Always needs two minutes. And I was, like, I was like, I think you're awesome. I hope we get to talk to you. Got to go by. Good talk. Can I tell you, so. speaking of bathrooms, and I'll let you yes. uh, get to asking all your questions, though. My greatest wrestling bathroom moment was two years ago at WrestleMania 20. Everybody has a wrestling bathroom moment, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Two years ago at WrestleMania 29, sitting up in the friends and family box at, at MetLife Stadium. And I went to use the restroom when Diddy was performing, as I think most people did. And uh, I looked, and there's three urinals. There were three urinals. And to my right was the Iron Sheik. And to my left was the nature boy, Ric Flair. And I said, I've, I'll never be... Could you actually go to the... Yeah, could you piss? <laughs> that's, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was like, I don't know if I should be trying to get somebody to take a photo. I don't know if I should be peeking. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this scenario. But I was able, you know, if, if you're asking, oh I w- everything gosh. came out fine. Oh, good. good. Yeah. That's a moment of pressure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was. It was like having a kidney stone. All right. So talk about... I was making my cheeks hurt because I'm laughing so hard. An icon sitting next to us here. You oh, have thanks. a big legacy to live up to. I have to tell you, I am such a Flair fan. My Wi-Fi network at home is Ric Flair Woo. And then, <laughs> to make things worse, my email account is Life at yahoo.com. Feel free to email. And it's real awkward when you like get a register and they're like, hey, what's your email? And I'm like, that's Ric Flair for life. Yep, with a four. Like four horsemen. There's no K. Life at yahoo.com. Again, cool. Good talk. So when I first saw you in NXT, I have to say, and I went on uh, Countdown, now the list, and I said on the record, seeing you perform against Natalia, I had chills as a hardcore wrestling fan. I said it was the best female match that I have ever seen. And I thought, here's this girl that has to live up to this legacy. She comes out and proves herself and kicks ass. 
power to you. Oh, you're making me emotional. Oh, thank you. Um, well, obviously everyone knows I'm not shy to talk about it. That was a really tough year for my family. And, um, a lot of that match had to do with a Natalia took me to the side and, you know, she, she was a generation wrestler. So she had a, you know, she dealt with a lot of things that I dealt with. You know, you're only here because of your name, you know, you don't deserve this or, you know, a lot of people at that time had no idea what to expect from me. Right. Uh, Cause I was so fresh. I'd maybe had, maybe had 30 matches. Um, we just, we killed it. Killed and it. She goes, just listen to me. And I, I will forever be She, a, she put me on the map. B, she believed in me. And, um, she brought something out in me that I didn't know that I had. And to have my dad watch. Oh my, I, I just get I'm so emotional just thinking. Uh, you're how, giving me I mean, chills thinking just, about he it. He was just so proud. And I honestly, that was, yeah, it turned into something way more than I ever, ever dreamed or pictured. So that's why I'm so taken back by thank you for all the nice things you said about the match. But for me, it was that first opportunity because I only had like a couple of matches prior to that match. Um, so, so many people were like, why is Charlotte getting this opportunity for the title? You know, why isn't it uh, Bailey or Sasha Banks or Emma or someone? But it was my opportunity to show the world that, yes, I'm Rick's daughter, but no, I want this. Please just, you know, give me a chance to show you how bad I want it. So these opportunities yeah, in life where it. you yeah. have the chance to either excuse my language, fucking nail it yeah, or, or not. And you nailed it. Yeah. And I also was very impressed by no interference. Everyone expected interference during that match. You two took it on just you two one-on-one and it didn't need the interference. No. And I think a lot of people were scared too, just because my dad's, uh, he's so, larger than life you know oh, is rick really gonna outshine and this is where we're supposed to be you know this is charlotte's stage you know sh to charlotte you know to show the world that she's charlotte but then you have rick flair out there and then you have bret hart standing on the other side and then everyone's like oh the bret hart story with the you know flares don't like hearts and hearts don't like flares sure. there was so much if you really look at the depth of that match and how much history there was really there between i mean if you think of my dad and bret i mean they didn't have the greatest relationship I think actually that match alone brought them close again. Um, but no, I mean, we, Natty will go down as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Hands down. I mean, so yes, could she take the spotlight? Absolutely. But she knew, like, she's that good that she knew how fresh I was, how young I was, my strengths, my weaknesses. And we, and she goes, just listen to me. And that's how we did it. And how big of a deal is it? Because, like you said, Natty is one of the best female wrestlers of all time, and people knew that going into that match. How big of a deal is it now that you're on NXT, which is supposed to be developmental, and you're... We're a brand. Right. And But you're wrestling <laughs> other NXT women, like Sasha Banks. And Who will also go down as one of the greatest. Bailey but, will go down. Uh, Becky Lynch will go down. But people are saying that these women's matches that are... are, are done strictly by NXT women are going to be headlining pay-per-views killer. Day. We will headline a pay-per-view one day. Why is it... What was the change so dramatically? Because there was a time in WWE where the Divas division was pretty much just kind of supermodels that were struggling in the ring for five minutes to break up a main event. Now, you know, especially in NXT, the women's division it's is something that level. people are actually looking forward to in their real matches and arguably some of the best on the card. 
Is it having Sarah Del Rey there to train? Is it just a different philosophy? Well, okay, for me, I had no wrestling experience. So Sarah Del Rey has been the biggest part of, other than my dad, has been the biggest part of my career. Like, she has been hands-on. I mean, I started three months before she got there, but she has been hands-on with me since she got there. So credit to her. And then also a lot of people don't realize I got thrown into the deep end. When I got there, it was Paige. It was Emma. Uh, Shaw Guerrero is no longer there. Audrey Marie is no longer there. Eva Lise is no longer there. Buggy Nova is no longer there. But they were, they were these were all indie talents that did exceptionally well on the independents. Then Sasha Banks came in. Then Bailey came in. Then Becky Lynch came in. Here's me. And I'm like, well, either I'm going to sit on the sidelines and cry about it or I'm going to get better with them. Mm-hmm. So having to be able to practice with all these girls that they did bring in that had done so well on the independents is – I. I contribute to them being good. That that's what ma- I mean. You have to rise up to your level. Yeah. So that's I think where my a lot of my progress has come in is just working with women who have had so much experience uh, already. And then um, I don't think one day they said, "Oh, hey, let's give divas a chance." I think uh, it started with Paige and Emma at a rival. They had one of the best matches on the card. So then they said, okay, let's give them another chance. Let's give them another chance. And every single time they've given the girls who are supposed to be in that storyline next a chance, we kill it. So that's why we've earned their trust, and that's why they give us time. Not because, oh, hey, they're, let's give them. No, it's because we've earned it. Right. How, um, what's it like growing up with Ric Flair as a dad? Like when you're turning on TV and you're like, okay, let's watch what dad's up to. And he's <laughs> dropping elbows on his pants. Like, how does that get explained away the next day in school? Uh, it, doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, okay, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Horseman country. Yes. But, no, Charlotte was a lot smaller. Like, and now it's a, a bigger city. But Charlotte was so small, and I went to the same little private school. So everyone was used to my dad. Everyone was used to me. Um, so they kind of knew. He's like, yeah, that's what he does. Well, I mean, I, my dad tells the story to everyone. But, like, I Macho Man was show and tell with me one year. <laughs> What? <laughs> Hold so on, was stop there. Macho Man, like, I brought... Like, I brought a Macho Man it, toy. He did it as a yeah. favor for my dad, because he was promoting his gold gyms. Macho flew in. We went to my... He came to my dad's gym, then he stopped and went to my school. Then we went to my house, and he pushed my... My dad, she was our cleaning lady, but she was my nanny, too. Uh-huh. Pushed her in the pool, but... Uh, I had, like, puppy surprise. <laughs> You know, a couple Furbies. She is the Macho Man. I know, but I took it for granted because I didn't. You guys, I did wasn't really into wrestling growing up. I mean, I was into my dad, and I'd come to the shows, and he tra- he took me everywhere. But how I view this business now is not. Uh, mm. I wish I appreciated it all throughout the years Absolutely. as it was in its prime as I right. do now. And that's just so what's. I sound like a plug right now, but I watch the network so much because there was so much history that I'm like learning about now me and my husband like my husband will show me his favorite matches so yeah so back then he was just oh i'm bringing a strange man in a sequined well, cowboy hat macho man but i wasn't like <laughs> this is macho man randy savage arguably like, the greatest of all time <laughs> yeah like i i didn't like oh this is no it was when he, i was my dad was already at the height of his career some would say you know on the way down when i was born mm-hmm. so did you did you grow up quiet, or did you? The entertainer was always innately in you. No, that was, that was never in me. When did that come out? Because it's interesting After to my hear that. Natty. Oh, oh. well, because I was I played sports and I was so 
I was the tomboy. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if you, like, look at old pictures of me even starting at FCW, I had to learn how to do my makeup. I was like, oh, there's extensions. Like, <laughs> there was, like, this whole new world because I was used to, like, oh, let's put the hair in the ponytail, spandex, and tennis shoes. Like, no, I mean, uh, no, I, my dad never put, like, my he wanted his sons to wrestle. But, no, I was very much, like, that girl next door athlete and that that was all I ever wanted to be. I always wanted to play volleyball in college, and I did that. Did he have a hesitation with you entering the business? Absolutely. Not Everyone's like, oh, are you worried about her getting hurt? Like, no, because ever since the moment I could walk, he had me with a personal trainer. He was relentless with me. No, you're playing this sport. No, you're playing this sport. No, we can't go on family vacation until you go to this camp. So, no, it, wasn't, it was just more or less because I had never wanted to be a wrestler, and he was kind of like, well... Well, if you're going to do this, you got to do it because you want to be the best. Don't disappoint me. Oh, and whoa, I that's think, intense. Well, not, that's not, pressure. Well, it's pressure, too, and it's, like, such a big opportunity. And, like, everyone respects him, and he's like, yeah. you don't want to be like, oh, there's Ric Flair's daughter who just made an ass out of herself. And that's what I take to heart so much is, like, no, like, I, yes. Do you feel like I've, you broke that barrier after that match? You with felt Natty, like I, I do. I no, I, I think I'll always stick with me. I, and I don't think I'll ever ever fall out of his uh shadow but the okay is now i'm okay walking in his shadow and okay in my skin as before i was like do i woo do i not woo right is this okay (laughs) am i gonna get critiqued for this so now it's just like okay when did you find out or realize that you have to learn how to cut a promo that was another hard thing. I was like, oh, I could be an athlete. Right. But understanding the, um, I don't think that came into, so I had two and a half years in developmental. The first year was just, you know, learning to run the ropes and not like having your thinking cap on while doing it. Then understanding character and understanding why you do something and the psychology of it. Because some, you I mean, most people think like, oh, you just get it. No, I mean, it is an art. Some people will practice their whole lives and just not connect, right. but, um, when I realized that people relate to you more when you can give them emotion, that's when it started clicking because I never was into acting, so I didn't understand that. But I'm like, okay, be you, and then how would you? How would Charlotte act? Because Charlotte is an extension of uh, me, not the arrogance or whatever, but uh, how would she act or how would she feel in that moment and then putting that with your story? I didn't get that for like a year. How old? Bailey does that so well, I have to admit. She's one of my favorite characters to watch in terms of... Uh, Character? Uh, well, just people relating to her. Right. Not not necessarily her character, but just, like, there's not another character out there that I can think of that the fans just, like, love her. I mean, I talk about main roster and NXT. Like, she is one of them, and mm-hmm. they can they feel like they they understand her walk and path and... Just because she is, like, she always wanted to be a diva. She loved wrestling. Uh, she tells a story that she wanted a Hardy Boys shirt, and her mom gave her a Carolina shirt instead because they were from the Carolinas. <laughs> no, but she reminds me of that person understanding that you have to connect with the crowd. Right. right. How old were you when you first saw the My Shoes Cost More Than Your House promo? I think he says that on, like, a normal day. <laughs> so it was just something in your house. Oh, no, yeah. No, I think he says right. quotes like that. Well, Actually, the- we were taking a picture yesterday yeah. with a bunch of fans, and or he was like, someone goes, can I get a picture with you? And he goes, no, no, no. I don't have my suit on. I'm like, oh, my God, Dad, you are such a queen. Well, then, <laughs> how old were you when the realization kicked in that he wasn't talking about the ride 
Space Mountain. I was trying not to think about it. I don't know. People make references to Space Mountain all the time. I'm just like, oh, whatever. I don't know. He likes Disney. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's just funny that he actually came up with that. It's more intriguing to me. Like, why? Why that ride? Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, the vortex of Carowinds is stand-up. I don't know. I just, I don't it know. It is absurd. It's absurd. Switching yeah. gears. <laughs> Charlotte, NXT. Hey, can't blame you there. NXT. When do we see you, WWE main roster? Is that something you even want? Like, yeah. like, is that the next move, or are you sitting there going, well, like you said, NXT is a brand now, and I kind of want to stay here for a while? I, uh, it's mixed emotions just because I'm, I grew with NXT. I grew as a person with NXT, the talent, the brand, and now they're skyrocketing. So when I when I do leave, I'll be like. Oh, I want to be a part of that skyrocket because I helped that. But, um, no, like, I have um, new goals. I want to main event a pay-per-view. I want to show, because I know, not that NXT's audience is limited, but I do want to get on that grand stage, and I want to kill it. And I want to take that division uh, to another level. And that's my goal and my dream, and I think... um, Every opportunity Triple H lets me come back and work on NXT, I will. But no, like I think that's the next. Actually, there's so much new blood in NXT with women that are ready to debut that need to be seen. Like I feel like my time, either they, I don't know. I would be, I'm, I'm happy either way. Let's put it that way. But, but you're ready to go I, now. I, I have ambition to, I have goals that I want to do on the main roster. Who, who on the main roster do you want to? work with i mean it's you know the bellas are great but you know and and one more time yeah because she beat me on raw i beat her in nxt so it's one one i would like to work natalia one more time what was that like for you going up to raw because it was a like you only had a couple minutes it was just a different thing i mean you know i think that's when people say give divas a chance it's at least give us the time to do something what was it like for you doing that match on Raw and it just being a totally different thing? Well, I argue with people about it because we had four minutes, but we still got our characters across, the story across, in four minutes. Mm -hmm. So, and and for me, it was more or less, I had that, I am so proud of NXT. Like, I should walk around in my NXT jacket all the time. But I walked out on Raw with the NXT women's title. So just to be able to show the audience and the viewers who are watching, I'm like, NXT is where it's at. Like, so I looked at it more. I wasn't like, oh, it's only four minutes. But even in those four minutes, I mean, we we did a couple reversal. I mean, we were able to wrestle, but it was, I still think I, we were able to, would I have wanted 30 minutes? Absolutely. (laughs) But everybody wants 30 minutes. Everyone wants, yeah. yeah, But it's, it was still, we did what we needed to. It still leaves you optimistic about going to the main roster. It didn't shake you. No, it didn't. Not at all. Listen, Charlotte, I mean, did you get everything out that you wanted to get, Katie? This Amazing. is a big moment for you. Amazing. Every Katie's been doing a whole bunch of wrestling shows lately, like whether it's a podcast <laughs> or whether it's stuff for the WWE Network. And I swear to you, I keep track of her. And every time anybody asks her about a match, she says, Alicia Fox versus Malik. No, I'm just kidding. She says, your match with Natty. Every single Unreal. time. I bet that would be a good match, though. Alicia Fox versus Molina? Yep. <laughs> right, today. I want the rematch. You, Natty. 
Yeah. <laughs> on a pay-per-view. I, I, I want Absolutely. The on a pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd, actually, I'd be honored to uh, work any of the girls on the main roster. I just, I want that to the whole one more time with Natty. Yeah. And, and on a pay-per-view where that wide audience can see yeah. that. Yeah, performance. Absolutely. See what's going on. Well, they can see it for nine ninety nine on the network. At Give us a woo. You gotta get. You gotta sign us out with a woo. Uh, woo. Sometimes they're terrible because my voice. <laughs> <laughs> my voice. That was better. Oh, that was good. One. That was good. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've learned technique. Oh gosh. Sometimes I do it on the ring. It's like. Oh. And like, luckily the fans are out there doing it. I'm like, oh, that sounds. Bad. Yeah. I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wish I had just acted like I was going to do it, and then they do it. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, Charlotte. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. Thank You're you great. So much. Thanks. Thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. You know, this podcast has always been about uh, being a wrestling fan. That's why it's more positive than a lot of other things on the internet because I'm a wrestling fan, and I, I mean, I still get excited about pro wrestling and sports entertainment and everything else you want to call it about. I loved doing that Charlotte interview because. Charlotte is like Katie's legitimate favorite wrestler right now. She was so excited that we were going to get a chance to sit down with Charlotte, and I think it came through. Uh, Charlotte, a great guest here on the podcast. By the way, speaking, I want to toot my own horn for a second. Speaking of WrestleMania weekend, if you haven't yet, this is not a commercial. This is a commercial for me, if anything else. Go to WWE.com. Go to the photos section. And check out the photo gallery for celebrities at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure that Katie and I are the only two people that are in the photo gallery for fans at WrestleMania and celebrities at WrestleMania. I'm not going to say that she and I are the two best fan celebrities. But hey, there's only two people that are in both galleries, okay? I didn't I didn't make the galleries. I didn't make those decisions. Somebody else saw fit. It is what it is. But check it out if you haven't already. Speaking of checking things out, there's a new t-shirt up at prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts. By now, I hope you've all noticed that my favorite wrestling t-shirt to wear is my Brie Mode t-shirt. If I'm going to a wrestling show, odds are I'm going to have that Brie Mode t-shirt on. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Get yourself the brand new Not Sam Mode t-shirt. Check it out right now. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Or go to NotSam.com and click the store link. And get yourself a Not Sam Mode t-shirt. I swear, if I see you in a Not Sam Mode t-shirt, if we run into each other at a show or wherever it is, I will shake your hand. And that's a promise. That's a promise. Speaking of promises, I promise you right now we get in to the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Yeah, it is, Fink. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. It's a part of this podcast. There's a lot to talk about with WWE Network, which I think is the future of the business. But, I mean, that's where NXT is, and NXT is the future, right? Makes sense. Before we get into any of that, I think... The biggest news in wrestling of the week was uh, AJ Lee officially announcing that she is retired from the world of WWE. She is le- she has left WWE, retired in the ring. Uh, it's obvious. It's 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 tough to try to figure out, and I'm very intrigued by it. I've been intrigued by it pretty much ever since CM Punk came out with the Colt Cabana podcast, where he was kind of trashing everything and everyone. 
Um, I, since then, I've been very intrigued with how WWE feels about AJ. And I would think my natural inclination is WWE would not be fans of AJ. I, I think that obviously she's a talent. Obviously she's got a lot of fans. But she's married to CM Punk who kind of made a mockery of their entire healthcare system, really, inside of WWE, which they take very seriously now. Uh, I think that was something that I would have thought would cost AJ Lee dearly, but it has not. Uh, she has absolutely been front and center since coming back to the ring after that interview that CM Punk did. She was one of only four divas involved in WrestleMania. She got the she was in the one divas match at WrestleMania. Uh, and she goes so far as right after WrestleMania to retire from WWE. And not only does WWE acknowledge her retirement, but they celebrate her. You heard it on Raw this week. They said AJ Lee goes out on top. It's a great thing. It's an honorable thing. They're really celebrating the career of AJ. Uh, I think it's a, it's an, I don't know. I don't agree with the move. I don't live the life that AJ lives. I don't live the life that CM Punk lives. I don't live the life that any of these superstars live. So all I can do is speak on my own life experience. I think it may not be the wisest move long term. I don't know if she is true. Maybe she's truly lost all passion that she once had for wrestling. Maybe she has. And maybe this is the right move for her. In my mind, and you know what? I love AJ. She's always treated me very well. I love Punk. He's always treated me immensely well. But I spoke to Punk since he's left WWE. And there is no doubt in my mind that there is not an ounce of passion left in him for pro wrestling. He does not like the pro wrestling business anymore. I don't know how WWE did it. But they completely stripped him of any joy that he got from pro wrestling. And when you're married to somebody like that, you can't be a fan. Think about it this way. If your wife hates, hates Cadbury Cream Eggs, your wife hates Cadbury Cream Eggs, right? And she's not only telling you, how much she hates them, but she's explaining exactly what's wrong with them. She's explaining all the chocolate bunnies that had to die in order to make the cream eggs. She's giving you reason after reason to not like Cadbury cream eggs. And she's doing it repetitively, and she's doing it regularly. This is the person you live with, the person you love, the person you admire. One, and there was a time when she did like Cadbury cream eggs. That's how you know there's some legitimacy to this. She used to enjoy Cadbury cream eggs with you. In fact, when you guys first met, you were sharing a Cadbury cream egg. At some point, especially since you respect this woman's intelligence, you're going to look at her and say, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't be eating Cadbury cream eggs. Nay, maybe I don't even like these things anymore. And it may be 20 years before you enjoy another Cadbury cream egg. And that's when you'll realize you made a mistake. Your, your judgment got clouded by your surroundings, and you could have been enjoying Cadbury Cream Eggs for the last 20 years. I met AJ years ago in Rahway, New Jersey. She was sitting in the bleachers at a Jersey All-Pro Wrestling show, and all she wanted to do 
was get on to the Jersey All Pro Wrestling show the month after. She was sitting in the bleachers. Nobody knew who she was. She was AJ. I think she was April at the time. But all she, her whole goal was just sitting there. And she said, and I had a conversation with her then. She said, I just really hope that they'll put me on the show next month. She was hungry for it. She had a real passion for this business. A couple, a year, probably a year if not less, went by. And I turn on the Sci-Fi Network and I turn on the all-women's version of the NXT reality show that was before the brand NXT. And there's April. And I grabbed my wife who had been with me at the Jersey All-Pro show and I said, Jess, April's on TV. You remember? And Jess was like, oh my God, I I watched the whole show with her. She was talking about all she wanted to do. And by the way, she did get on. The Jersey All-Pro show the next month. I got the DVD. I called her match the next month at Jersey All-Pro Wrestling. A year later, she's on NXT. And at the end of that season, she, and I think it, I think it was her and Caitlin, end up with contracts to become performers for the WWE. Now, everybody knows that she's a passionate person. Everybody's seen the, the YouTube video of her as a child meeting Lita. She meets Lita when Lita is at her prime. AJ meets her, and AJ's a teenager, and she is bawling. She is crying. It's the most important thing that's ever happened to her. I talked to her two years ago. I talked to her a couple times while she was wrestling for WWE, and and you can see this interview I think is really telling. If you go to YouTube, and by the way, the interview I did with Charlotte that Katie Linendahl and myself did with Charlotte, it was earlier on in the podcast, that's on YouTube. But if you go to YouTube... And you look up uh, my interview with uh, AJ Lee. It's, it's from WrestleMania 29. It's from a couple days before WrestleMania 29. You can still tell. And she's not bluffing. She's not been media trained to do this. She's being legitimate. And you can tell if you've ever watched or done any number of interviews before. You can tell when somebody is media trained. And you can tell when somebody's coming from the heart. And if you watch that interview, and that's the same year. I interviewed CM Punk and AJ in that same year. CM Punk was leading toward his match with The Undertaker. And knowing what we know now, if you watch that interview with CM Punk, you can tell he is not into it anymore. If you watch that interview with CM Punk, you can tell that he does not have the passion for wrestling that he used to in that interview. And I've spoken to him since that interview, and he's told me that's the case. That absolutely, leading up to his match with The Undertaker, he did not have a passion for wrestling anymore. It's a sad thing, and it's a crazy thing when you think about it from the perspective of us wrestling fans. If we were ever able to make it and be on the main roster and then go to WrestleMania and get the Undertaker match, like for all of us, that's this sort of hoop dream come true. For CM Punk, he had gone through so much. Whatever had happened to him, it happened to him. He wasn't feeling it anymore. But that same day, AJ absolutely was. Not only was she feeling it, But she was talking about how big she marks out whenever she sees Stephanie McMahon. That these are the people she, that this is the woman that she grew up idolizing, and now she's working with her. And you could just, you could tell, I tweeted, this is why I tweeted the video out earlier this week. You could tell in her voice, in what she was saying, and everything, that she was still so enthusiastic for the product. I think that's why she got so good at this. There's no doubt in my mind that AJ, up until she left last week, was one of, if not the best divas on the roster. She was incredible. She, AJ, 
was really the first great wrestler who was a female of this generation, not of all time, but of this generation. She came on board when, you know, the Bellas were not doing what they're doing today, when Alicia Fox was not doing what she's doing today, when it was Maurice and when it was all these people who, whatever, great performers, but they're all models that were kind of just turned into wrestlers. None of them were great in-ring competitors. They were there for eye candy. They were there to break up main events. They were there to uh, bring the energy back down. They were there for a bathroom break. It, that's what the Divas division was. AJ comes along, and AJ was the first to really shake everything up. Before people like Paige, before the NXT women's division even existed, AJ was shaking things up and was bringing something new to the table and was was wrestling a style that other women were not. And not only that, but she was performing as an entertainer. She was not only capable of going in the ring on a different level than the other divas at the time were, but her entertainment value, her whole... She was the first person... I'm not going to say she got Daniel Bryan over, but Daniel Bryan... And AJ got over at the same time. Heel Daniel Bryan, managed by crazy AJ, was the hottest thing on TV in that moment. And that storyline is what propelled Daniel Bryan into main event status. That that heel run as world heavyweight champion with AJ at his side, that's what propelled him to the spot where he is now. It, it took some time, but he got there eventually. That's when fans really started to pay attention to Daniel Bryan, though. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that AJ was such a great counterpart. Now, couple that with the fact that she was amazing in the ring, and you've got yourself an all-around legendary performer, especially given the fact that she was a female. Flash forward a couple of years, and AJ has retired from in-ring access. Uh, from, from AJ's retired from in-ring competition with... Honestly, five, if not ten years of potential still in her. AJ could theoretically not even be at her best yet. That's a scary thought. I don't know what happened to AJ where she lost that passion that she had a couple years ago. And it was literally two years ago. Literally two years ago, the sense that I got from her was she was still into this thing. I don't know what's happened since then. I don't know if it's a CM Punk influence. I don't know if it's uh, the way WWE is run just doesn't work for her anymore. I don't know. But something along that way, that entire that lifetime of a build towards this dream kind of just went away. And now AJ is, is, is retired. Now, I kind of sensed that this was coming. And I'm not disappointed. I'm disappointed in the sense that anytime you see a person's potential not get met, it's disappointing to me. Like the idea that this person could do more incredible things for our entertainment is disappointing. But in terms of the WWE Divas division, I'm not broken up about it because of everything that's going on over there. Because of the vast improvements that Alicia Fox has made. Alicia Fox is one of the best divas on the roster right now because of the vast, vast improvements that both Bella Twins have made. 
Nikki being my favorite, but Brie, both of them. I just anybody who says that the Divas division now is still you know time for a bathroom break is just stuck in a way of thinking that was accurate, maybe even as close to a year ago. But you've got the Bella Twins of today. You've got Alicia Fox of today. You've got Paige. You've got a whole crew of women in NXT that are ready to come up. And I'm telling you that the Divas division, and I'm I'm sure once the NXT women enter the main roster, they'll be referred to as Divas. The Divas division will probably start outshining a lot of the men's matches. And so it's weird to me that with all this on the horizon, anybody could see what's about to happen. And I, the, the hashtag give divas a chance thing was one of the best things that could have happened to the divas because the WWE has responded by giving them more time every week on Raw. Emma's great, too. I can't believe I didn't mention Emma. Emma's fantastic. But ever since that hashtag became a trending topic and trended over a couple of days, we're seeing Divas matches on Raw that are lasting multiple segments. We're seeing uh, Divas matches at WrestleMania that are not just, let's throw all the girls into the ring at once and let them have five minutes in between the Undertaker match and the title match. It's, no, this is a legit tag match, and it's an entertaining match. It's a good match. They're not a bathroom break division anymore. Anymore. They were. They're not anymore. And I would have thought that if I were in AJ Lee's position, I would think to myself, that's something I want to be a part of. I can see what is on the horizon here. And this is something that I should be a part of. Something happened along the way where she decided she does not. I don't begrudge her for it. I think... The Diva, I think she will suffer potentially more than the Divas division will, if anybody suffers, unless she really is legitimately just totally over this thing. In which case, I guess go move on to the next thing. I just, uh, I hope that AJ has not made a mistake for her own sake. For her own sake. Now, of course, a lot's going on with uh, the WWE Network. The WWE Network needs to be positioned in a way where it's must-see. It needs to be positioned in a way where I can go to anybody who was ever a wrestling fan and tell them you got to subscribe for this. I mean, I think there is some thought of how do we get the non-wrestling fan to subscribe. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think it makes any sense. But I need. I have tons of people in my life that stopped watching the WWE right around 2000, 2001, and haven't watched it since. And they get it, and they see, you know, the Rock and Ronda Rousey on SportsCenter, and they say, oh, that's cool, and they see Brock Lesnar announcing something on SportsCenter, and they go, oh, that's cool, and they're interested. But I need to be able to go to those people and say, you got to get the WWE Network because XYZ, and XYZ needs to be that selling point. And it's got to be more than just because you can get the old pay-per-views. Because they go, yeah, 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 I'll get them on YouTube. Uh, I think Tough Enough is a major addition. And maybe it's just because I'm a Tough Enough mark. Maybe it's because I'm a fan of the Tough Enough series. But the fact that they now have Season 1, Season 2, and they're uploading the most recent season that Stone Cold Steve Austin was the host of, I think Tough Enough is a huge addition 
to the WWE Network. Is anybody going to subscribe specifically to watch Tough Enough? I don't think so. But Tough Enough is the type of thing where it could bring you over the over the edge. It could bring you pa- – well, I would like to see some of the old pay-per-views. Oh, they got all the old Raws too. That's pretty cool. What? Oh, that's – yeah. Oh, I'll watch that. The, the documentaries I've heard are good. And they got Tough Enough? All right, I'll order. That could happen with the with the episodes of Tough Enough. Um, I think they need to add more exclusive matches like they did when they had uh, Rusev win the U.S. title from Sheamus. I think it needs to be the type of thing where you're following storyline on Raw, but we're coming back next week on Raw and say, whoa, you should have seen what happened on the WWE Network after Raw went off the air. They did that a little bit with Sting. Perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But there has to be a regular occurrence of, whoa, you should have seen what just happened on the WWE Network last night. I'm very excited at, you know, at the, at the upfronts, USA Network announced that not all, this week, announced that not only are they keeping Monday Night Raw, but they're adding SmackDown to the USA Network, which I think is a better look than sci-fi. USA is a bigger network, and, and, and it just makes more sense. It's still kind of weird to be like, oh, yeah, I watch SmackDown. What channel is it on? Sci-Fi Network. It makes more sense that it's on USA. That channel's been associated with WWE forever. Uh, and USA is adding Tough Enough. As a reality show, they're adding a new season of Tough Enough uh, to the WWE Network. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, to the USA Network. Eventually, I'm sure it'll end up on the WWE Network. Here, here's my qualm with it. I think that show needs Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold said on his podcast recently that there is no beef between him and the WWE. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't believe it. Here's why. He was not in San Jose for WrestleMania. He wasn't at the Hall of Fame. He wasn't at any access signings. He did nothing for WrestleMania. And there's no way that it, it was just a matter of, oh, yeah, I don't know. We couldn't really think of anything for you. Oh, yeah, Stone Cold just didn't cross our minds. One of the biggest moments of WrestleMania last year was Hogan, Rock, and Austin in the ring together. There will always be a place for Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. The real reason why I think the, the smoking gun, the evidence, not Billy and Bart, the evidence to me, that there is some kind of issue between Stone Cold and Vince McMahon is the fact that Chris Jericho is hosting podcasts on the WWE Network. I love Chris Jericho. Great dude. Always good on this podcast. Always love interviewing him. I listen to his podcast. I think he's great. Chris Jericho provides a podcast interview. What he does on the WWE Network, I should say. I'm not talking about his overall podcast. I watched his interview with John Cena. And the interview show that Chris Jericho provides and the interview style that Chris Jericho works in is a perfect complement to somebody who's already a wrestling fan. So for me, I, I, whatever John Cena has to say, just the fact that he's out of character and he's just shooting the shit for an hour is interesting to me. You know, I like hearing about all the different color tights that John Cena bought. I think Jericho did a good job. I like hearing about who John Cena used to travel with. I like hearing about what the A-OK hand gesture means, who the three people are, Michael Cole and Mark Carano. I didn't know that stuff. I thought, you know, this po- my, the point I'm about to make aside, the biggest thing to draw out of that was the story about John Cena 
almost turning heel at one point, that when he feuded with The Rock, there was talk about turning him heel. I thought that was a great get for Chris Jericho. But that podcast is something that a wrestling fan, something that a current subscriber to the WWE Network would love. I watched it when it was live. I'll watch it again. I I think it's a great format. The Charlie Rose style, sit down for an hour and get in-depth with a wrestler, is great. Especially when it's wrestler on wrestler. If it was anyone besides a pro wrestler, I'd be bitter and jealous that I wasn't the one hosting the show. But the idea of a wrestler interviewing another wrestler is, is, is very entertaining to me and is a draw for the network. It makes me glad that I'm a subscriber. When Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewed Vince McMahon and when Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewed Triple H, it made me tell people you have to be a subscriber. And that's a big difference. Stone Cold's interviews on that network were must-see TV. Stone Cold's style, the fact that he's the one doing it, I'm sorry. There is no bigger star in pro wrestling besides possibly The Rock than Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the biggest star of all time. You could debate Hogan if you want. You could debate Flair. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the biggest star of all time. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is the coolest personality associated with pro wrestling today. Nobody is cooler on the active roster. Nobody is cooler in terms of legends. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a cool personality. And that goes a long way when you're talking about interviews. Plus, he doesn't feel like a full part of the family. And that's what you want when you're watching one of these interviews. When you are paying, you're paying a subscription so you can watch an interview with somebody who you as a fan would never have this kind of access to. You want somebody who is not fully a part of the family. You're going to be entertained if it's somebody like Chris Jericho who's asking great questions, who's having a good time, and who's just palling around. When Chris Jericho interviews these guys, it's like it's like a locker room conversation, and that's cool. That's great. I'm entertained by it. When Stone Cold Steve Austin interviews these guys, he does it from the perspective of somebody who's got an expertise, but somebody who is an outsider. He does not. It does not feel like a WWE employee interviewing another WWE employee when Stone Cold Steve Austin does it. And that's what makes it must-see TV. It feels like you don't know what's going to happen. And that's that feeling that you need in pro wrestling. That's that feeling that's going to make people subscribe to a pay network that's centered around something that's already on cable TV that they're getting. You're getting Monday Night Raw. You're getting Thursday Night SmackDown. You're getting this stuff with cable. Okay, so what's the draw to the WWE Network? Is it the pay-per-views? Okay, but I don't need the pay-per-views. I just watch Raw and SmackDown. Well, what if I told you that Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to go and and ask John Cena some tough questions? i got to see what Stone Cold is going to ask John Cena. I'm interested to see how a conversation between Chris Jericho and John Cena goes. I have to see what Stone Cold is going to ask John Cena. I mean, it's the same as if there was a match. It's exactly the same thing. If you found out at WrestleMania 32, Chris Jericho is going one-on-one with John Cena. You're going to yourself, that's going to be a good match. That's going to be a special match. i got to check that out. In 2016... 
Jericho is coming back to go one-on-one with John Cena. Uh, that's, that should be good. If you found out at WrestleMania 32, Stone Cold Steve Austin was going one-on-one with John Cena. That's like, call your cousin who you haven't spoken to in 10 years and tell him the Texas Rattlesnake is going to wrestle the Doctor of Thugonomics. And he's not going to look at you like a lunatic. He's going to be like, thank you for the phone call. That's what I'm talking about. That's the must-see elements. I'm not taking anything away from Chris Jericho's interview. I thought it was uh, super interesting. I thought uh, the stuff that uh, John Cena was talking about in terms of having a difficult time when he first got there, in terms of having to prove himself to Vince McMahon, in terms of uh, he was talking about doing different things, stepping away from the curve. And there's no doubt, if you look back at tape, if you go back and you look at John Cena first bursting onto the scene, he absolutely dressed himself up, changed his character to separate himself from the Batistas and the Randy Ortons and the Brock Lesners and all these other, the Kurt Angles and all these guys who were making waves in that moment. And John Cena was cool. John Cena was not always this guy who was wearing neon colors and, and, and appealing to little kids and, you know, just hustle, loyalty, respect. No. Dr. Thugonomics John Cena was cool. Internet fans liked him. He had, his spinning belt was ironic. There was a time when all the stuff that people don't like about John Cena, because he does it now as a babyface, he was doing ironically as a heel. And when he did it that way, it worked. Everybody loved him. He was cool. So I, it was very interesting to me to hear how he came up, to hear, you know, breaking through, getting that character on TV, and really getting himself into the position he's in right now. It was great to hear some of the inside stories about working with The Rock and how there was real tension between John Cena and The Rock. And as I said, the best part of the whole interview was when John Cena was talking about the fact that uh, he was pitched the idea of potentially becoming a heel. And not only did he not run away from the idea of being a heel, but he went out and he had new ring gear made. He had new music made. Now, I was sitting there going, what? it's little questions. I was sitting there going, what did the ring gear look like? How close were you? Did, seriously, if you could choose, if it was up to you, because he said, I'll do whatever they asked me to do, and I'll do it to the best of my ability. I would say if they could choose, if you could choose right now, if you could choose, the choice was yours. Are you a heel or a baby face going into Raw next week? Which way are you going? You know, you know, put him on the spot. Which way does John Cena want to go? When he's talking about the five moves of doom at the beginning of the interview, I thought that was very entertaining. But what do you really think about that? Does that bother you? Does it get under your skin? What moves do you think should be recognized that you do uh, 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 more regularly? How did you learn that? I mean, there, there's so much to get into with John Cena that goes beyond sort of the uh, chat amongst friends, which I don't begrudge, but it's not what we would have gotten with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do not think that Chris Jericho is hosting these podcasts instead of Stone Cold, that Stone Cold was not at WrestleMania out of coincidence or because of anything else. I think Stone Cold will be back. 
I don't think he's cut ties with WWE, but I do not – I personally, and I don't know. I haven't spoken to Steve Austin about this or Vince McMahon or Chris Jericho. Just my own theory, I don't think that all is well in Stanford, Connecticut. It's just how I feel. But I think it is important to maybe let bygones be bygones. And I think there's, there's room for Stone Cold and Chris Jericho. I think they provide two different things. I think Chris Jericho is more something for wrestling fans. I think Stone Cold is more something to draw in new subscribers. Because the Stone Cold Triple H interview and the Stone Cold Vince McMahon interview, those interviews are reason, if, if that was happening regularly, if that was happening once a month, that is a compelling argument to subscribe to that network. If I say, look, you can tune on the pay-per-views if you want to tune them on, everything's on demand, and... You get access to these amazing interviews once a month that Stone Cold does where he really tears back the curtain. That's what it's all about. We need on the network to tear back the curtain. There needs to be some sort of feeling that Vince McMahon is not controlling what's going on on that network. And we felt that for a minute with Steve Austin when he was interviewing Triple H and when he was interviewing Vince McMahon. Both of those interviews felt like WWE was not fully in control of them. That Stone Cold was in, he was hired to do a job, and they were letting him do it. Were they the most salacious things in the world? No. Was Stone Cold minding his P's and Q's somewhat? Yes. And I don't have a problem with that, because it's WWE's network. I don't want Stone Cold to go on and trash the company. I don't want him to trash performers. I don't want him to trash the product. But what I do want is to get the feeling that there's an outsider... That's now giving us inside access. And that's asking the questions that we would ask. You know, I, I, I think that's compelling. I think, like an interview that I want to see is Stone Cold Steve Austin and Daniel Bryan. You know, I'm sure a, 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 Daniel Bryan was on Chris Jericho's podcast. Awesome. Awesome. I want to see Stone Cold interview Daniel Bryan. Because Stone Cold understands what it's like to have this vision, to know you can get over, and to maybe not have the powers that be believe in you so much. And when I interviewed Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, I only talked to him for 10 minutes. And he was talking about the fact that the WWE did not find him, that he doesn't think that the powers that be at WWE find him to be marketable. I want to see somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin, who has been in that exact same situation, go to town with Daniel Bryan on that exact fact on that on that on that opinion you know he's he's the guy for this job in terms of putting on a show that is going to compel people to subscribe to the network if you want to compel people to stick around if you want to give subscribers content chris jericho is the guy he does amazing interviews they're great but i mean what's not to love about stone cold steve austin you know it's like JR. Bring in JR to do some of these interviews. I wouldn't have a problem with that. JR is, is, is I mean, I, I would like to see one before I made a final judgment on it, but JR is a fabulous interviewer. I'd love to see that happen. And if all else fails, WWE, you have my phone number. You know how to reach me at Not Sam on Twitter. It's real easy. It's real easy. Well, listen, again, Chris Jericho did a great job, and I, I, I look forward to Chris Jericho's next interview. But I wish Stone Cold was there as well. And I think they provide two separate things to the WWE universe. 
Um, yeah. So that's this week's wrestling podcast, I guess. Uh, good luck with everything to AJ Lee. I hope that you've made the right decision. I hope you don't live with this uh, with any regret as far as any of it concer- is concerned. Uh, and, and I hope you excel at whatever's next. How great would an AJ Lee-Ronda Rousey match have been, though? How great would it have been if you could have gotten AJ Lee and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania next year? Look, Stephanie McMahon is going to be able to more than pull it off. A Stephanie McMahon-Ronda Rousey match would be incredible. But AJ Lee in that spot would have been pretty phenomenal as well. All right. You know what to do. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts and get yourself a Not Sam Mode, a What's the Haps, a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Get yourself a t-shirt. You can also get there if you go to NotSam.com and click the store link right there on the home page. Everything's up there. All the videos from WrestleMania are up there. You can see uh, the interview I did with Charlotte that was on this week. You can see an interview with Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Paige, Stardust in character. Uh, A ton of stuff is up there. Go check it out now. And, of course, you can see on the YouTube page, if you do a little searching, from two years ago, the interviews with CM Punk and AJ Lee that I talked about here on the podcast. Until next week, see you all later. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.